0: Business? Lifestyle? Social media? Powerful women? Do any of these words interest you? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Behind the Girl Boss podcast. I'm your host Amanda and this is the place where you can learn about powerful business women who are thriving in whatever they do. Get your notebooks ready and let's get learning. Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today's episode is very very like a really really good one i'm very proud of it i'm happy with how it turned out and i'm excited for you guys to kind of listen to it um i you know it's summer it's june i know we're supposed to be thriving i've been posting every single day on youtube for the past like week so far once you're listening to this it's gonna be a week and you know what i used to be like oh daily uploads is like not hard blah, blah blah i commend anyone who's done daily uploads for a long time because i am telling you one week in like doing this and i'm already like oh my gosh like it's been really fun and i've had things to film thankfully but honestly it was it's difficult and i'm excited to continue doing it and like finish off the month of june by uploading every single day but let me tell you guys it's been it's been a challenge um so if you guys want to go subscribe to my youtube channel and check out those daily uploads please don't be shy my YouTube is It's Wan, so y'all should go check it out. Other than that, nothing new in my life at all. I'm just, you know, waiting, chilling until I can get my second vaccine and hopefully travel to the States soon if the borders open up and everything like that. So I'm excited for the future and I'm excited for where we're headed. So before we kind of jump into today's episode, we're going to have our mantra or mantra, I still don't know how to say it, of the day, so our quote of the day to live by so or the week take this as a quote to live by for the week so this is what is meant to be will always find its way i feel like this is super important and it can relate to every person no matter where they are in their life what they're doing with their life their stage of their life whatever is meant to be will always find its way to you and will always get to like you'll always whatever whatever you want in your life you'll get it if it's meant to be and I don't know, I really believe in whatever is meant to be will come to you, and I stand by that, and yeah, so that is our little quote of the week. So for today's episode, we have a lovely, lovely, lovely guest. Her name is Jen Lauren. Jen is a digital creator who lives in New York City. She focuses a lot on self-care and wellness and workouts. Her channel is very, very focused on like workout reviews, lifestyle vlogs, um, living in New York City, self-care, all those fun things. And she also has a podcast called Dare to Self Care and she was actually featured on a Spotify podcast which is crazy because she literally just started her podcast not too long ago. She also ranked number 49 on Apple Podcasts and honestly Jen is such a gem. She's very very kind and I honestly loved our conversation, it breezed by, it felt like such a vibe, and we really connected. We got to talk all about her health and wellness journey, we talked about her working in PR and how she went from working full-time to part-time, her YouTube channel, her podcast, and basically living in New York City. So this was a very fun episode, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to behind the girl boss. So today I have Jen with me. So hi, Jen. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be with you and talk for an hour. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on. I'm really excited. Um, I've been watching your YouTube for like, I think it's been like two years now. So it's cool to like actually talk and like, I mean, it's still behind a screen, but whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I've been watching you too. So mutual
0: girl crush over here. (laughs) Um, Do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm Jen, Jen Lauren on all my social channels. I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast called Dare to Self-Care. And then I also work part-time in PR. So I'm just doing a whole bunch of things, wearing myself out. I live in New York City, and all of my content's really focused on self-care, health, and wellness.
0: Love that. Well, I'm really excited to dive into the conversation with you. But beforehand, I like to do a little hot tea segment to kind of just break the ice and like know a little few fun facts about you. Um, So the first one is, what is your go-to Starbucks order?
1: Always a cold brew with almond milk. And then I started doing oat milk, but now apparently you know, they said they have oat milk, but they literally never actually have oat milk. So cold brew with almond milk.
0: That's so crazy because even like in Canada, we've had oat milk for longer than the States has like for Starbucks and like, we've never ran out. Um, and now because the States started running out, we're all of a sudden running out too. We, it's not even on the app anymore. It's like they, they had it,
1: they were always running out and then they just took it off.
0: Oh, I don't know what weird. happened.
1: I mean, I no. got a, I
0: got a drink this morning, and they had oat milk, but Ugh, I don't lucky. know. <laughs> um, the next one is: Where is your dream travel destination? Vietnam, right
1: now. It always changes. It was always Thailand. I went to Thailand last year, so now my next one that I really want to go to is Vietnam.
0: Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I feel. How long is a plane ride to like Vietnam? Probably a full day. I have oh no gosh. idea
1: i know oh probably similar to thailand which was around 20 hours Yeah, wow
0: i'm like fed up after five hours i can't like i don't know i know
1: you have to take like a lot of sleeping pills mm-hmm. like a lot you just have to drug yourself up and pass out or it's honestly usually i hate a connecting flight but with these longer trips, mm-hmm. I like need the connection. I need to get off the plane, and then it's just like two seven hour flights, more like. That's just like better. Being more doable.
0: Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Definitely more doable. <laughs> and the last one is: what is a TV show you can rewatch over and over and never get tired of?
1: Friends or Schitt's Creek.
0: Yes, love both of those. I've watched both of those over, and they're really good. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this podcast, I kind of put it into sections. So we're gonna start off by talking about like health and wellness, and then. I'm working in PR, your YouTube and podcast, living in New York City, and then we're going to end off with Instagram questions. Amazing. So when did you first start getting into like the whole health and wellness world?
1: Wow. Um, I mean, I would say I started getting into fitness like when everyone does, I feel like in college for mm-hmm. aesthetic reasons and stupid reasons. Yeah. And then that's when I discovered workout classes because I hated going to the gym. I just never knew what I was doing. And then there was this workout class at school in new Orleans. Cause I went to Tulane university and I went like four times a week. I loved it so much. It was so fun. And then when I would come home for the summer to New York, I'd have some internships. And again, I would be doing workout classes. So I didn't realize this till recently, but I think I just really fell in love with workout classes in New York city. Mm-hmm. Cause like I realized in the pandemic, once I started working out from home, there's still notifications popping up. It's like hard to zone out. So I love like before work, before a stressful day of work in the city, I would go to a workout class, like have the energy of people around me and I would just feel so good for the rest of the day. So that's definitely where that, you know, the fitness aspect chimes in. And then mental health has just always been a topic of conversation in my family. Mm -hmm. And I you know, and it really feel like it was spoken about that much until the pandemic. And now it's like a trendy hot yeah. topic. I was always interested in mental health. You know, there's addiction, depression, grief, like all of the things in my family since I was much younger. So I've always been exposed to, you know, therapy and, and taking care of your mental health. And I think it's just, it's just totally
0: evolved over time. I think that's important because like, a lot of people don't talk about mental health and then when you're going through it sometimes like if you haven't been brought up to like learn about it you probably just think like what's wrong with me but mental health is so common amongst like everyone and I really do think that it should be more talked about and I'm happy in one way that the like the pandemic has like brought mental health into conversation it is becoming like a trend unfortunately like everything kind of becomes one and like I don't know but I'm happy like that it's um, being spoken more about.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, it's actually a positive trend. So we'll take it, mm-hmm. you know, like talking about, you know, even health and wellness is now a trend. Yeah. And I think it's better than like fast food being a trend and yeah. like working yourself to death being a trend. I think it's like uh hustle culture is
0: out and like taking care of yourself is in, and I'm, I'm here for it. A hundred percent. So how can you find a kind of like find a balance, but like in your health and wellness journey without like overworking yourself or if you miss a workout, not feeling bad, like how do you find that balance?
1: Yeah, I think it's all about finding the joy in whatever you're doing. So you don't have to feel like I have, like for me, just going to the gym, truly it doesn't feel good for me. I don't enjoy it. I don't have fun. More often than not, if I'm just going to the gym, like blind, I will come home feeling sort of, like disappointed and mm-hmm. not feeling great. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So for me, and same goes for even like yoga, like sometimes I'm just super bored. So for me, like I love a boxing class. I love Pilates. That, that makes me more calm. Boxing is sort of more cathartic for me. So even going for a walk, listening to a podcast, it's like finding things that make you genuinely feel good and happy. It makes it so much easier to balance. And then like the days you're not doing that, you're resting and recovering and you find the Food that makes you feel good. So you end up eating that naturally. Like for me, Mm -hmm. eggs, I have IBS. So, like, eggs I'm eating all the time. But, like, if I want pizza because I'm doing all these other things that I love that make me feel good, I don't even think twice. I'm like, I'm going to have pizza. So, I think it's just genuinely finding the joy in your health and wellness routine. And there's so many more options than people realize with, Mm -hmm. you know, self-care rituals and workouts and all of the things. So it's just finding what you like, I think really helps that balance.
0: Yes. Love that. Watching your YouTube and following on Instagram, you wake up a lot earlier than I do. Um, (laughs) So do you kind of have like a um, morning routine and do you think having like a staple morning routine is beneficial?
1: Yeah. I think it sets the tone for your entire day, which I know is cliche, but those days where I, you know, when I was working in an office and I would wake up hungover and roll out of bed Mm -hmm. and like brush my hair and brush my teeth and just like rush to work. And then I'm at work all day. And then I leave the office after being in that dark hole all day and it's dark out and I rush home and I shove food down my throat and I go to bed. Like that routine did not make me happy. Yeah. And taking that extra time in the morning to do something for me, like I said, you know, in that time pre pandemic, it was doing the workout classes in the morning, Mm -hmm. like having that time for me. And it was so fun and knowing that like the rest of my day, I could at least feel like okay, I did something outside of work. Like even if I'm miserable at work or I'm anxious or stressed at work, like I had a morning for me and my entire day isn't dedicated to work. So that's sort of where I started to wake up earlier Mm -hmm. and and realize the importance of a morning routine because my mentality was just like doing something outside of work. And now working from home, again, it could be so easy to just like roll over out of bed and get on the computer and work from bed all day. But I think, like I think it started with in the beginning of the pandemic, my stress levels were so high, and I was suffering through just like a lot of emotional trauma, and like I really wasn't doing well mentally, and so I took the time to really start trying out things that I felt I didn't have the time for before, or was too lazy to try like meditation and mm-hmm. just trying things out, and I would figure out like that breath work really helped me with my stomach throughout the day, just little things like that, like going for a walk when I was living at home in the suburbs in the middle of the, in the beginning of the pandemic, like finding out what made my morning feel really good. I, I completely noticed a change in the rest of my day.
0: Love that. Yeah. I've been wanting to try and like go on walks before, like in my mornings. Cause like, I don't have a staple, um, like work schedule because I'm still like part-time in retail. Um, so sometimes I start at eight, sometimes I start at 12. So I feel like having that like fluctuating schedule makes me like not wake up. At the same time each day. But I feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about like going for walks in the morning, even if it's like five, 10 minutes is just like a great way to start your day.
1: Yeah. And I also now have like, which will, I'm sure we'll get into a whole Mm -hmm. new schedule where I'm similar to retail, I'm working the front desk at Rumble. So as you can imagine, like a few times a week, the shift starts six at six thirty AM. But even that walk to work, yeah, wakes me up and like I listen to a podcast on my way there. I'm not doing a two hour morning routine by mm-hmm. any means. But what I do try to do is like when I wake up at 5:30 or whatever time it is on those days, I still try to get in like an eight minute breath work or something, listen to an inspiring podcast on my way to work, like little quick things have picking up my coffee, treating myself to buying a coffee because mm-hmm. I woke up early, like things like that. Because otherwise, if I just rolled out of bed cranky and got my ass to work at 6 30, when my shift is done at 1 PM, my whole day would be shot and I would just yeah. go to bed for the rest of the day. So it's, you know, I'm not saying wake up two hours earlier, but like little things, even on your way to work mm-hmm. for an early shift, I'm finding is really helping me.
0: Yeah, I agree. So you speak a lot about self-care on your various platforms. Um, what's your kind of ideal self-care routine?
1: Ooh, Again, I think it depends on the day for sure. But for me, my ideal self-care routine is just finding pockets throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, a morning, a morning routine is great or a wind down routine is great. But like I said, I don't want to feel like my entire life and my entire day is just work. And there's no time for me because, you know, when you look back at your life, you're not thinking about like, you don't want to feel like your entire life was wasted working and living out someone else's dream all day. So whether it is, you know, going for a walk for 10 minutes between meetings or after my shift or whatever it is, it can be a walk. It can be, you know, making a cup of coffee and watching YouTube, like that self-care to me doing that for 20 minutes while I'm eating lunch. Like for me, my ideal self-care routine is, is having pockets throughout the entire day, like quick bites throughout the entire day so that I don't feel like my whole day was either a wash or stressful or all work. I just, I, I like having my days like, you like self-care sprinkled throughout. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I feel like having it like sprinkled throughout just like makes it last longer. Like the happiness with your self-care. Like I usually do like a lot of my self-care stuff at night, but I think I'm going to try like doing it throughout the day. Cause like at night I'm always like thriving, but like during the day, I'm always like annoyed. I feel like it'd be good to like space it out of it.
1: Yeah. When you feel frustrated or frustrated or annoyed, it's like put on your favorite podcast that inspires you go make a matcha, like little mm-hmm. things. Obviously it's not realistic to like go meditate for an hour, yeah. <laughs> but little, or like go work out for an hour or whatever it is, but like little tiny things that people don't even realize is self-care like Unplugging, not looking at your computer and cooking lunch. Like that is a yeah. mindful thing, like, you know, just making it enjoyable. So, yeah, I try to just sprinkle it in where I can.
0: Awesome. So, moving into like your work, like life and everything, um, where did you go to college and what was your major?
1: I went to Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I majored in communications. And then once I graduated, I worked at HBO for a little bit in like programming which was not really for me and I had an internship in PR so I knew that like PR was something I was interested mm-hmm. in and from there I just worked at a bunch of PR agencies from working as like a personal publicist in music I was working with like literally one of my clients not mine I was like an assistant but one of our clients was BTS, Hillary Duff like wow. I was doing yeah I was like doing red carpets and all of this crazy stuff in New York City which I'm so grateful for and so happy I did. But from there, I moved to where I am now, which is another agency where I do more lifestyle brands. I always say it was sort of like all of my colleagues were reading like billboard in their free time. And I was more like reading well and good and mind, body green. (laughs) So I just, I wanted to do PR in things I was interested in. So Mm -hmm. now I do like workout classes and I'm part-time now as of like a few weeks ago, because I want to focus more on my YouTube channel and everything. And just the nine to five, really nine to what eight p.m. or like eight a.m. Mm-hmm. to eight p.m. in PR? Like it just it wasn't making me happy. So now I'm I'm part-time only doing PR for workout classes.
0: Awesome. So like how did you kind of like notice or like realize that like the full-time life wasn't for you and that you like really needed to go part-time?
1: Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming, but also something I didn't realize till this year. Mm-hmm. I I think I knew when I moved to this job a year and a half ago that like my next move, I wanted to be something entrepreneurial. I didn't really mm-hmm. see myself like jumping around a whole lot. I really wanted to dedicate myself to my YouTube channel and everything, but I didn't expect it to be this soon. I really thought I was going to be here for like three years, which I, I'm i still here part time, but I just gradually felt myself getting the anxiety was just getting larger and larger and larger. And the voice in my head that was like, you just got to go for it. You don't have the time or energy to put your all into YouTube. And that gets into the whole conversation of like, you know, you hear this advice from big YouTubers. That's like, you know, in order to make it quote unquote, you have to suck it up and like edit till 4am. And that's just, that's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. And my message is all about self care, so I'm sort of. Ju- I was just at this place where I'm like, I don't feel well, and I I refuse to like sacrifice my mental health and well being to edit a video. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of just at this place where I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be dedicating my life and my every single day and all of my energy to something that's not my end game. So. I think the voice just got louder and louder and louder. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of how I make my decisions always. It's like, I have a gut feeling, and like, I don't act until my gut says go. It's yeah. like this weird buildup. And then my gut is just like, I can't, my body can't take it anymore. And I just make my decision.
0: Yeah. And I also feel like people think that someone who's a smaller YouTuber doesn't put as much like time, effort, and energy into their channels as bigger YouTubers. Yeah. And like, I wish people would understand how, like whether you have a hundred subscribers or you have like a hundred thousand, there's the same type of like energy and like, you, like you're editing, whether you have a hundred or a hundred thousand. So like, it's kind of the same. So I, I wish people would like realize that more.
1: Yeah. And I I would argue that sometimes it's harder as a smaller creator Mm -hmm. because you don't have like a team behind you Yeah, and you don't, you know, you might, some larger creators do have an editor a producer, like these Mm -hmm. crazy, they have a manager, they have all a whole team around them. And I'm not saying it's any less work. I'm just saying when you're a smaller creator and you're T- treating your YouTube channel as we do, me and you as a business and treating it as if you did have 100,000 mm-hmm. subscribers, it is so much work. And when you have this huge goal as a smaller YouTuber, it's like even you pour even more of yourself into
0: it, I feel like. Yeah, 100%. So kind of shifting back to like PR and stuff, what's like a typical day working in PR?
1: Wow. Um, typical day in PR. A lot of it is so... How I describe PR, because I think like people don't really get what it is, is Mm -hmm. when you read an article and it's like the 10 best lipsticks in 2021, the publicist for that lipstick brand that's in that list likely sent an email to that editor and was like, I want you to try this lipstick. Like this is the new hot color of 2021. Do you have (laughs) any roundups coming up about lipstick? Like that would be my job. Like if, for example, my workout classes, if they have a new you know, their in person studios are opening up. I will pitch to editors who write about workout classes and pitch them an article about how workout studios are opening up. And here's a quote from the CEO of this amazing workout class. Like, so a lot of it is pitching to mm-hmm. editors, stories about your client. There's a lot of, you know, you also have to track all of the press. So you search if there's articles that have come out on your client. And then there's so much more that goes into it getting your clients on podcasts. And there's just so much mm-hmm. that goes into it that, I, that I'm not even, you know, sharing right now. But those are like the main, I would say the main things you also, another thing is like creating a media list. So a list of all the editors that write about workout classes, let's say, or all the editors that write about lipstick. So those are the two examples I'll keep using. So that's that's like the main tasks for PR on the day-to-day, I would say.
0: Awesome. So like for your end goal, like your dream job, would it be like within the PR world or do you want to venture onto something else?
1: No. <laughs> I think I think I've stayed in PR because it's what I have experience in, mm-hmm. but my interest is actually in the actual clients that I'm working for. So clearly I am obsessed with workout classes. Mm -hmm. I review them on my YouTube channel. I do PR for workout classes. Now I work the front desk at rumble. So for me, I would love to be able to open my own studio one day or do something in that realm. But YouTube podcasts, this whole thing of like having a voice and having, and like being on camera and whatnot is is what I won't see myself ever
0: wanting to stop doing. Awesome. So venture, like moving on to like YouTube, good segue. Um, When did you start (laughs) your YouTube channel and what made you want to start one?
1: So I think the idea sparked, or I know the idea sparked in college because I started viewing YouTube channels. So I Mm -hmm. started getting into controversial, but it wasn't at the time, Olivia Jade Mm -hmm. and Lauren Elizabeth. And I just remember in college. So growing up, I was like an actress, I was in commercials and all, you know, I've always like been gravitated to being a performer and being on camera. And I started seeing this world of YouTubers. And I think it just started by like watching makeup tutorials to go out in college. And then I just got into a dark hole of YouTube (laughs) as a viewer. And I would hear Lauren Elizabeth be so open and honest and vulnerable about like her panic attacks and mental health, but yet also be so funny and entertaining. Yeah. And I just loved it. And I didn't feel like mental health was really spoken about at the time. And I just loved that she could be herself and be on camera but not have it be like a job where I had to like go be a journalist and, you know? So yeah. I, I was like, well, I could never do it now. I'll do it once I graduate. I didn't want like my peers to know, but I started yeah. like planting the seed. So I would start stay- saying to people as a joke, like I'm going to have a YouTube channel one day or like, can't you see me being a YouTuber? And I would like say it as a joke to mm-hmm. sort of like see, what see people if say. people, yeah. <laughs> and then after college, my I asked for my graduation present from my parents to be a camera, which I'm so grateful for. I started vlogging on my trip with my family post-graduation, those videos will never see the light of day. But (laughs) essentially I started listening to a ton of podcasts about becoming a YouTuber for like two years before I even started. And I was always hearing like, find your niche, find your niche. And after college, when I really wanted to start a channel, I was going to workout classes all the time. And I would look up workout classes online before going and Mm realize like no one was really reviewing them on YouTube. So I was like, this is perfect. This will be my niche. So that's how it started. And I was in PR working for talent at the time. So I could only really get like a video up a month or every other month because Mm -hmm. these videos are like, it was like going into the workout class, filming it there, going home. Then you also have to film the review. Then there's the editing. Like there's so much that went into it. So it took me a long time to even get one video up. But once the pandemic hit, I this is my time to really do this. And I just sort of, you know, I couldn't really do workout class reviews, but I was like, this is perfect. People want to know the best online workouts. I can finally have the time to do one of these fitness challenges that I've known I Mm -hmm. should be, you know, hopping on these trends for a long time. And I just started making all this self-care content. And like we said, now it's like trendy from the pandemic. So I just sort of all sucked out that the topics I was interested in were like, On the rise and being heavily searched at the beginning of the pandemic, so I was like, "This is my opportunity," and I started doing one to do videos, one to two videos a week once I was working from home because I had the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. So when someone go like when you meet someone and you tell them that you have a YouTube channel, how do you kind of like subscribe? That's not what I meant. (laughs) How do you kind of describe um, what kind of content you post?
1: I always say like health, wellness, self care, productivity. That's sort of like the four pillars or three Mm -hmm. pillars i would say and new york city because i do i try to i'm trying to do one vlog a week and like two other pieces of content or one realistically i'm not getting three videos up a week it's more like two but Mm -hmm. i'm trying to vlog every week now and they're mainly productivity vlogs so i say self-care health wellness productivity while living in new york city that's sort of like Mm -hmm. what ends up rolling off the tongue i would say so what are your favorite type of videos to post Ooh, I would say during the pandemic and over the past year, when we were like on lockdown, my favorite things to post were these fitness challenges because Mm -hmm. I worked on them for a whole month and would try out a workout for a whole month, be vlogging the whole experience. It was just so much work went into it and they're my most viewed and engaged with videos. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited to finally upload them, but I'm sort of burnt out from that, to be honest right now. I can imagine. Yeah. So I'm pivoting to like back to where I started, which is workout class reviews. And maybe I'm, I'm thinking of doing like easier lift ones, like five minute ab video a day or something like that. But I would say my favorite ones right now are really the vlogs because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to have like a lot of mental health chats and just like be totally myself. And they're a lot easier. I don't know. I just feel like I'm my most myself I'm about to say another video, but then I also love doing like the sit down self-care <laughs> tips. I don't know. I really, I would say like my favorites right now are the vlogs and the sit down self-care chat type mm-hmm. of videos, because I feel like I'm just talking with a friend and it's, it feels like super real and vulnerable.
0: Yeah. And I feel like those as a viewer, are like my favorite ones to watch too. Cause I feel like they're very relatable. And even like this year and like last year with the pandemic and stuff, I feel like relatability and like vulnerability have also been like on the rise and like more YouTubers are like speaking out about, about like multiple different things. And I feel like that helps people like connect with you more.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think I was really into these fitness challenges because it was keeping me accountable and holding Mm -hmm. me accountable and like giving me something to do. But now that in New York, at least it's sort of like we're on the other side of having to sit at home all day. I'm really liking just like connecting with people online. And I think I was, getting on a high from like having these videos that people really wanted to see on my Mm -hmm. channel, but I'm sort of at a turning point and it's actually ever since I recorded with Zoe Pritchard the other day. And she was talking, I know, (laughs) yeah, I know you had her on too. And she was Mm -hmm. talking about like how for her, her turning point was just being so vulnerable and real and she barely edits. And I'm just like, that's the content I like watching. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing that myself too. And that's, I think right now I'm in a phase where those are my favorite types of mm-hmm. videos to record. It's like vloggy chats or self-care videos. For
0: sure. So what do you film and edit with?
1: I film with a Canon PowerShot G1X. It's not common at all. Um, I don't know anyone else who uses that, but basically... I, I just asked my parents for a G7X because that's all I knew. And my mm-hmm. dad caught me this one and it works perfectly the same. And I think it's actually a bit more expensive and we got a great deal. So I think maybe that's why people don't really use it. But yeah. it also doesn't have a microphone um, slot or whatever. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't put an external mic in it, but the mic works really well. So it doesn't matter. And then I edit on Final Cut Pro.
0: Awesome. Yeah. My camera does, I don't, not that to my knowledge, it has a microphone slot. <laughs> like I just use the regular microphone and it like sounds perfectly fine to me. Totally so, like, fine. Also like with vlogging
1: and whatnot, like who wants to have a huge mic yeah. in the camera, unless your mic
0: really sucks, but mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. For sure. So as a smaller creator, people um, think it's like very difficult and impossible to get brand deals or work with brands. Have you had any experience with this and do you have any tips for anyone that's thinking about venturing out to work with brands?
1: I actually love this question because I have not spoken about this on a podcast at all yet. I get a decent amount of brand deals for the amount of followers that I have. I'm in talks with brands a lot. I feel like I see emails coming through and I think that's just because... When you go to my feed, you can see that I work with brands and it's very, Mm -hmm. you know, like even on YouTube, you can tell that like, I'm not just like, I'm treating this like a business and I I hope, and I think that's apparent. And like, when you go to my YouTube channel, the banner is branded and the thumbnails are pretty cohesive. And I think that's probably what attracts brands because they know that like you take it seriously and Mm -hmm. you're going to make some cute content, but I also think it just started with me having the confidence to reach out to brands. And I'm sure that comes from working in PR and just knowing like yeah. how these kind of go. I don't work in influencer marketing, but I know how to pitch. Mm-hmm. Like it's really helped me with pitching guests and podcasts, but I, I just like really learned a lot, especially from Natalie Barbu's Patreon channel and other people's, you know, information on how to get brand deals. And I just didn't feel that sense of like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't try or I shouldn't, you know, push for more money because I'm a small YouTuber. I'm like, no, this shit takes me so long to film, to edit these fitness videos. Get me a ton of views. Like I would rather, you know, when you portray that confidence to brands, they just assume that, you know, what you're talking about. They assume that you have a lot of followers, even if they don't, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's just all about how you present yourself to yourself to brand. So I've actually done pretty well with brand deals recently, I have to say.
0: That's good. And I also feel like people are always scared to like bring up money or like anything like that. About the, but at the end of the day, like the worst they'll say to you is like, no. And also like, I think I've only started doing this recently. I've always been like kind of scared to like bring up money because I'm just like, oh, like what if I'm not worth that or anything like that? and at the end of the day like everything has actually like worked out and like most brands or companies have money they just don't want to share it right. like that they do so honestly just shoot your shot worst case they'll say no and then you'll move on
1: yeah and also most brands work with influencers so they mm-hmm. know how it goes Yeah, and you are an influencer just cuz you don't have a million subscribers or a million followers like if you are treating yourself as an influencer business then you should you know speak that way to brands mm-hmm. as well and the best part about it is like we're hiding behind computers it's not like we're yeah. going into these boardrooms and pitching ourselves like just send the email who cares if they say no you know like mm-hmm. just send the email close your eyes and click send and if they say no they'll regret it one day because yes. if you're passionate enough about what you're doing you're going to keep going and if you keep going you'll get to where you want to be so once you're there and that brand to try to work with you again. You can just be like, oh, that was the brand didn't believe in me in the beginning. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to pass on this one or I'm going to ask for way more money or whatever it is. So just think long game and also think like I'm behind a computer. Who cares? Just yes. click send.
0: Yes. Love that mentality. Um, so you also <laughs> recently started a podcast called Dare to Self-Care. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit a little bit about what the podcast is about?
1: Yeah, sure. So obviously it's all about self-care, but <laughs> I have all types of guests on there It's just the overarching theme, and like what we talk about in the beginning, like what I ask everyone every single episode is their top self care tip. And then there's like self care. We it's sort of like how do we stay mentally well throughout? Whether you're a YouTuber or I like to have a lot of wellness experts on. So like at least once a month, there's like a one hundred and one episode. So it'll be like Kundalini breathwork one hundred and one, astrology one hundred and one, and then everyone else is is any insightful guest where we can talk about what they do and self-care. And I think the whole reason I wanted to start this podcast is because I love YouTube so much. It's my number one. But being able to bring other people into the conversation mm-hmm. is so cool. And being able to just have that as an extension of the brand and the extension of the conversation and have bring other experts and perspectives into the conversation has been so cool. And something people don't talk about enough is – what a great networking tool podcasting is it is like i didn't realize it until i started podcasting and i'm like i've had 20 episodes so far and i literally have 20 new friends it's amazing yeah
0: like it's so cool and like there's some people that like i don't know about you but like some people i've had on my podcast i never imagined like talking to them if i didn't have a podcast or like i don't know how we would like cross paths or like meet without like the podcast
1: Exactly. And people love to talk about themselves. So it's mm-hmm. like your only shot to even connect with them is if they can talk about themselves and it be broadcasted. They're like, yeah, sure. And then it's like, you almost trick them into becoming your friend. It is yes. so cool.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so your podcast is actually featured on Spotify podcasts. Um, did you like know this would happen or like, how did it happen?
1: Could not tell you <laughs> where power of manifestation, like I was looking for a sign at the time to quit my job, to go part-time. And then that happened. And I swear it's all that manifestation in the universe. And like all of the energy I was putting out there, it was like, here's your sign. We're going to give you some love on your podcast. To me, I took it as like, focus on this, like this, mm-hmm. like, like YouTube is stressing you out right now. Like, why don't you focus on the podcast for a second? So I took it as a sign because literally I wasn't even following that account I had no idea it existed and I thought it was a fake account at first but it wasn't so that was just a huge sign to me
0: for sure especially since like your podcast is very new and everything like to have that like that recognition is like amazing
1: and it was such a random episode (laughs) so I'm just thankful and Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah it's such a sign (laughs) So talking about manifestation, let's like, who is your dream guest? Like, who do you want to like manifest coming on the podcast?
1: Okay. I have two. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with Lauren Elizabeth because she was my complete inspiration for starting a channel. So that would just be such a full circle moment Mm -hmm. to have an in-depth conversation with her and really even tell her that and hear her advice. And yeah, so that would be one. And then two, Gabby Bernstein, speaking of manifestation, she is- this she's basically like the manifesta- manifestation queen and to be able to talk to her for an hour on the podcast or at dinner I don't care would
0: mm-hmm. be so cool yes love that so I'm looking forward to you actually talking to them because it's for sure gonna happen yeah uh, <laughs> um, so I can hear the sirens in New York um, so yeah. you currently live in beautiful city of New York um, I think you spoke about it a little bit before but have you always lived here and what made you decide to like be in New York City? So I grew up in Long Island, which
1: is right outside of the city. So all of my internships were in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, when we had big nights out with the family or with friends, you go into the city because it's like a 30-minute train ride or even not even a car ride. So it was just a natural progression for me. Like I just always knew I was going to move into the city. I have two older siblings moved here They were here. My parents are right outside the city. So all of the opportunity is here. So it was just like a natural thing for me. It wasn't really like a big decision by any means. It was in, you know, when things like in wherever you grow up, it's just certain things. They're like, oh yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Like there's no question about it. And yeah, so right after college, I lived at home for a bit, but my job was in the city. So eventually I moved in with my college roommate in the city and it was really that that simple honestly (laughs) I'm very lucky that I grew up somewhere so close to the city where it was that easy of a move yeah for
0: sure so what kind of makes New York City feel like home
1: definitely that all my family and friends are here first of all I I don't think it's a very homey city Mm -hmm. otherwise (laughs) to be honest it's yeah I would truly it's just like that I have all of my family
0: and friends here I wish I had a better answer for you but that's Mm -hmm. definitely what makes it feel at home for sure. No, it makes sense. Like I feel like if you were to move to somewhere where you didn't know anyone or like didn't have family or friends there, it's like, I don't know, I w- I'd be stressed. I don't know how like yeah. people just like make a move and like know nobody because I'm very like, I can be by myself and be alone, but like after a certain point, if I don't know anyone, like it will stress me out.
1: Yeah, of course. Cause then you're like, where do I go to meet people? Mm-hmm. Do I want all of my like I know a lot of people. People, they move somewhere, they get a job and then all their friends are from work, but yeah. I like to keep work and life separate. So mm-hmm. I agree. It would totally stress me out. And I'm very lucky that I just happen to grow up in New York state yeah. and everyone that I know and love, most of them are still here.
0: Awesome. So what's your favorite part about living in the city?
1: I would say the energy and yeah, like the energy and the inspiration I get from that. Like there's also always something to do. Mm-hmm. It's obviously changed in the pandemic, but pre pandemic. And even now it's like, you can find a comedy show. You can find any restaurant or any hole in the wall or any vendor on the street. Like no mm-hmm. matter your price range, you can find concerts free paid. Like there's, there's just so much to do and there's so much energy. Like I, it's really hard not to stay super motivated and inspired. Burnout is inevitable, but yeah, it's, it's so inspiring and motivating watching everyone around you have so much energy and be off doing different things and mm-hmm. seeing the city lights. It's just like, it's very inspiring. And I think it's perfect for the phase of and the season of life I'm in right now.
0: For sure. And I love to ask everyone that's on the podcast what their least favorite part about New York city is. Cause most times it's the same answer. So I'm curious what your least favorite part is.
1: Oh, I wonder if it'll be the same. Mine would be. Mine would be the same as all the energy. Like it's, it's also a con because, well, it's not the energy thing. It's just, there's so much going on and it's so dirty and there's no nature. And like, sometimes Mm -hmm. you're just like in this big, gross, dirty city. And you're like, I am in need of some Zen nature time. And like, I need to get out of here. I'm in my small apartment. It's so expensive. Like I'm paying so much money to live in a box. And like, I just miss land sometimes.
0: That's actually, yeah, everyone either says that it's dirty or that it's expensive. very expensive for what you get. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I guess everyone has the same like feeling about it. 100%. Um. So if someone were to make like be looking to make the move to live in New York City, what kind of advice would you give to them?
1: I would say definitely live with a roommate because it is so expensive to live alone mm-hmm. and you're probably going to have to sacrifice location or like the s- space and the quality of your apartment so you should start thinking about which one is more important to you and really just also act quick because apartments go so quickly mm-hmm. here and that that's like more of a logistical sense but then like more of a a mindset or you know emotional advice would be just seize the opportunity. And it can be super overwhelming and a lot going on at all times. And it can be easy to get stressed and anxious, Mm -hmm. but try to use it as an opportunity to be inspired and put yourself out there. And, and, you know, there's when you're in like a small town, for example, it's not likely that you're going to be able to find like a big executive from a TV network to go sit down and have coffee with you. But in the city, there's thousands of them and you can go on LinkedIn and message a thousand people. And like, I can guarantee someone will respond and grab a coffee with you. So I would just say, seize the opportunity
0: and find inspiration in it rather than overwhelm. Yeah. Love that. So the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I picked two of my favorite ones. So the first one is how do you kind of balance everything going on in your life?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think again, it comes to joy. Like I genuinely, which is why I ended up going part-time and working at a workout studio, even though I'm making a little less money, the only way I can find the balance is if I'm enjoying everything I'm doing because then Mm -hmm. you're naturally passionate and want to keep going and want to do all of the things and you don't drop the ball because you want to be doing everything you're doing. So I also understand that's a very privileged thing to say to like, just enjoy everything you're doing. But how I find balance is making decisions on my life, on my routine to make sure that I can find joy because it keeps me well-balanced. And also, again, the morning routine, the night routine, doing self-care throughout the day, like it keeps me level-headed, balanced. And I started journaling this year, which I've never done before. And like, I just, and therapy, like all of these things that Mm -hmm. allow me to get to know myself, which sounds so cheesy, but I just feel like I know I might not know where I'm going or what the fuck is going on right yes. now. And there's so many things going on. And like, I'm just like, am I making the right, like it's so easy to second guess yourself, mm-hmm. but because I do all these mindful practices to like understand why I'm doing these things and why I'm making my decisions. And it just allows me to stay grounded, stay calm and like find the joy in everything I'm doing. And by no means, I just want to be realistic. Like mm-hmm. by no means am I joyful every single day. By no means am I. Yeah. Like I get burnt out, don't get me wrong, but I just made this decision to go part-time and to start working at Rumble like a month ago. So as of now, that's just how I'm finding my my balance is by making sure that I'm enjoying everything I'm doing and also Google Calendar. It works wonders. Mm-hmm. It helps me know what the fuck is going on every day. Sorry, I curse a lot, I'm a New Yorker. Oh, okay, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, Google Calendar is like a tangible tip of how I find balance. I would not be the same without that color-coded calendar invite situation.
0: (laughs) No, I totally agree. Like if I didn't have my Google Calendar, I'd forget like half the things I have to do. I'd be like all over the place. Like having a planner has been something that like I implemented into my life like four or five years ago. And I like, I don't know how I did like anything before it.
1: I have no clue how I got anything done. I now know why like I didn't get half my homework assignments or essays in on time mm-hmm. in college because I wasn't color coding in Google Calendar, like yes. do essay a week before for an hour a day
0: or something. Like I I just, it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. A <laughs> hundred percent agree. Um, and the last question is, how do you keep up with the fast-paced environment in New York City? Hmm.
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Things have definitely slowed down, obviously, because mm-hmm. of- the pandemic, but how I, how I did previously and how I'm, you know, now that things are coming back now is honestly workout classes. Like it sounds, I, it sounds privileged, but like I now get them for free from rumble. I review Mm -hmm. them. So I, I'm really strategic about like asking workout classes to give me free workouts to review them online and things like that. But it just have time off of the devices to zone in, do something that lights me up. It could be whatever lights you up. but Like for me, it's going to a workout class and feeling that energy and like the physical and mental shift that happens to me. It just really helps me block out everything else that's going on. And honestly, like on the day to day, it is my morning routine. Like it, it helps me ease into the chaos that is the city. And that includes the workout class in the morning or whatever I do. But it's it's definitely like those those morning routine and
0: and the things that make me feel my best for sure awesome well that's all I had for you today so thank you so much again for coming on the podcast thank you for having me this was so fun before you go do you want to shout out any of your socials where people can find you absolutely
1: so if you're on the podcasting platform right now then you definitely listen to podcasts so I'll start with that Dare to Self Care podcast and you can find me on YouTube at Jen Lauren on instagram at jen underscore lauren with two n's and that's about it instagram has all my links in my bio and yeah
0: awesome for well, thank having you me. thank you so much again for coming on of course thanks for having me i'll talk to you soon thank you guys so much for listening to this episode i really do hope you guys enjoyed it and i hope you got to learn more about the whole health and wellness world working in pr youtube podcasting living in new york city Jen, like I said, is such a gem. You guys should go definitely subscribe to her on YouTube, follow her on Instagram, check out her podcast. Literally, I am so excited for the day that like borders open up and I can go to New York City and hopefully grab some coffee with her. I don't know. I just love her energy, her vibe, and I think we we vibe well. So yeah, thank you guys again for listening to this episode. Go support Jen. If you want to support me, please don't be shy. You can follow me on Instagram either at behind the girl boss or at it's Amanda Wan. You can also check me out on YouTube, it's Amanda Wan. My goal for the end of the year is to hit 10k and we're getting closer day by day. Um, So you all should go subscribe to me there. And yeah, other than that, I'm excited for where this podcast is headed. I'm also excited for new adventures that I'm not able to announce right now, but I will be announcing soon. Um, Yeah, so thank you guys for sticking around. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a review. It really, really, really does help the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. We post every single Monday. And I guess with that being said, I will hear you next time.